Thank you. Wow, it's great to be here in Shoreline. Uh, thank you so much. I feel very humbled to be here uh, with our family here. I bring you greetings from uh, the Valley Church, your spiritual family in the Valley. They give you their love. Uh, my wife wanted to be here, uh, but she couldn't be here right now. Uh, my kids send you my love, their love, and I just want to say what a, a blessing and an honor it is for me to be here. I feel very humble uh, to see this great church and all that you are doing. Uh, it's so cool to see a lot of uh, good old buddies I haven't seen for a long time. You know, with uh, Pete Wade, uh, when I became a Christian about 25 years ago, uh, I saw Pete, and he, he hasn't changed 25 years. <laughs> he still looks the same, and, and I'm amazed by that, and, and to see him jamming still on the drums, uh, I said, wow, you know, uh, great brother. I remember him singing. It's a great inspiration, and, and I'm just so grateful to see see him. Great to see Zaldi Marisol. Zaldi Marisol, we were in the Philippines together. And um, yeah, actually part of their wedding too. You know, and, uh, and, and, and just to see them, um, all that they've done out there, to see them here, I'm so uh, so inspired by that. You know, it's good to see the Wootens. I mean, um, they came out to the Philippines, uh, I think that was 95 or so, right? Something like that. And uh, at that time, one of the brothers was uh, the, uh, the world, uh, uh, world champion in boxing. And he came out to the match and uh, inspired our church out there. And uh, it was real good to see him and see you, Kathy. Thank you for all that you shared here. I'm so uh, inspired by what you shared about the cross and so inspired for the lives that you touched out in Asia while you were there. And uh, good to see you. And um, also, it's good to see my homie, Gio. I call uh, Gio G-Money. You know, he's um, a great friend, great inspiration. He and Karen, uh, I love very much, respect them very much and all that they've done. And in so many ways, and I could just say one thing specifically is that how they inspired the next generation. The next generation to dream. Uh, how they inspired families to have hope. And, and I say that because my while we are in Asia, my children had the opportunity to come to the LA camps every so often and they always come back tell me about this guy named Gio you know I thought Gio was a car at first you know? and, and and just to hear and get to meet this is Gio and and I'm so thankful for the way that he's inspired all of us and the next generation and thank you and I just want to say Shoreline you're a special church and even just to hear about your missions that you're sending the special missions contribution. I know living overseas for 20 years, I want you to know how important it is, not only the, the monetary support, but your love and sacrifice. I know it's not easy what you do, and to give, and to, to sacrifice, and to faithfully say, this is what I'm giving to God, and, and faithfully that it help out other churches, and, and I want you to know that it's changing lives. It's changing lives that maybe you won't be able to meet in this lifetime. But I guarantee you, when you get to heaven, you're going to have people come up and say, thank you so much. And I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart on behalf of the brothers and sisters in, in, the, in the other parts of the world. And for our friends and vis visitors who are here for the first time, it's, it's good to have you. I hope that today's lesson inspires you about Jesus. And thank you again for inviting me to worship God with you today. I'm grateful and faithful that um, through God's word that we'll all leave here inspired to be more like Christ. Uh, you know what? I just turned 50 years old. I'm in, I, I am, I'm in denial. 
Uh, I turned 50 last uh, Tuesday. Uh, had a surprise party last Saturday. Um, it was um, it was very encouraging. This is probably the can remember the only surprise party I ever had in my life. Um, I honestly told my wife that I don't want to have a surprise party. Um, I don't. I'm, I'm sorry. I want. I don't want to have a party. I don't want to have a party. Uh, I just want to have a nice, quiet time with the family. And uh, lo and behold, you know, when you get to that age, you don't want to brag about it. You know, I guess for me, I don't. But lo and behold, because of social media, Facebook, you know, it's it's out there. You know, and uh, it, it was pretty cool because uh, I was able to see a lot of friends and family that I haven't seen over 25 years, and uh, that was encouraging. And it was good to see. Uh, brothers and sisters that when I became a Christian here in LA and before I left to, to Asia to see them it was good to see uh, relatives who um, who didn't quite agree in me going overseas with my family wanted me to continue the family business wanted me to pursue the political field of uh, aspirations of going for presidency in the Philippines it was good to see them um, there and to see the, the, the family it was good to see um, a video that was sent from friends and friends from different parts of the world is saying thank you for um, the way that you touch my lives and and I, and I have to say this I've been in, I've been having a emotional and spiritual high for the last seven days and with the Lakers winning I mean that really took it over the top you know um, it's been a very encouraging week for me and I say that to you because I really didn't know how to enter 50 years you know, you're never quite prepared for it, but ready or not, here it comes. And I know some of you who are younger said, man, I hope I never get there. You know, you will get there one day. And, and I say this to you because I had time to reflect. I was able to look at the different seasons in my life. I was able to look at the BC days and the AD days. I was able to reflect on, because they had a time of roasting me. My family roasted me, and boy, they brought out some things that I completely forgot in the waters of baptism. <laughs> but they brought it all out. And I had my friends and my brother, sister, and sister, I didn't know you were so you were so thuggish. You know, I didn't know you were a gangster. You know, I didn't know this and that. But you know, what's so cool is that even though all the things that they shared, it, it was just by the grace of God that I am who I am today. And, and that's where I'm at right now. I'm just really humbled by God. I'm grateful to God to be able to be where I'm at today. I'm alive. I'm alive. My name is written in the book in life that last time I check, you know, it's, it's there. I have you. I don't just call you brothers and sisters just for the, 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 uh, the, the social aspect of it. It's because something has happened that we can really be brothers and sisters Something has happened that church to me is like, wow, this is it. Something has happened in my life that I can say, you know what? I, I, I don't want to be president of the Philippines. That's not my aspiration. I don't want to be the wealthiest man by the time I get 40 years old. I don't want this and that. Something has changed in my life that money can't buy. I have relationships today. Then I know when I'm down in the pits, they're going to come and pound on my door or break down my window to help me. I got a wife I don't deserve. You know, a lot of people forget my name, but they remember Jennifer Lopez's name very easily. <laughs> it's pretty cool to be married to Jennifer Lopez. And, and I tell everyone she's the real one. 
the other one's an imposter. I've got kids that, while I don't deserve, now don't tell me, don't get me wrong, I'm still a work in progress. I got a lot of things to work on. I got a lot of things. But you know what I have? I have hope. But you know what? I'm inspired. And I wanted to share something with you today. Sort of in line with what Kathy shared. Is that we go through these different seasons in our lives. Whether we are a Christian or whether we don't know if we're a Christian. We have different seasons in our life. And I want you to know that these different seasons are so crucial. And what's so crucial about it is, is how do we stay inspired by God in these different changes, these different seasons in our lives? If you turn with me to Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Oh, am I doing this? Okay. That's how he's inspired in all seasons. And right here, Paul says, as he writes to the church that he helped plant in the second missionary journey, a church that he loved so much, as he write from his prison cell, as, a, as a, a faithful disciple for about 30 years, he gives us an insight on something that's very crucial, on staying so inspired in the good and the bad. And he says this, that I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. I find this scripture very compelling, convicting, and inspiring. That even though he's done so much, he could retire. But you know what? You could tell that he was still inspired. He was motivated. And what was his motivation? He said, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. Not only that, I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to experience it. I want to experience the resurrection when things seem bleak, physically, emotionally, financially, spiritually. He was properly motivated by Jesus, the death and the resurrection. And this death and resurrection has changed history. It's changed history. Even if you look at 2016, how do we figure out 2016? Well, we, we, we based it on, refer it to the life and death of Jesus Christ. Even the world acknowledges it. Many people claim to be God, but the difference was that Jesus proved it by his resurrection. And not only that, he showed us that there is life after death. Inspired in all seasons, especially during the painful times in our life. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's wild being back in America. It's a little different from what we left in 20 years ago. Just a little different. But you know, it's a blessing to be back. It's a blessing. It's, it's been a blessing to be able to serve in Asia for 20 years. And I'm grateful, and I hope you get a chance to be able to go see our churches outside of America sometimes, to see what God is doing. But I know as I reflect on 50 years, as I reflect on time in Asia, as I reflect here, there's been good times and there have been challenging times. There's been times when I'm really inspired and motivated, and there's times when I say, I don't even want to go to church. 
There's times that I, I would stand before, I walk in the door, and I say, okay, I don't feel like coming here. I don't feel like coming here. I don't feel like coming here. Jesus, be with me. Help me deny me, deny, deny, deny. I'm really doing that. Help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. And the minute I step in, whoo, I get swamped by all these hugs by brothers and sisters in Cambodia. Whoa! I get overwhelmed by the love and, and the hearts of the brothers and sisters in the Philippines. Whoa, I come over here and look, I see the Hawaii of this side of town. You know, you guys, it looks like a little like Hawaii out here. I'm not kidding. I said, man, I almost said aloha, you know. And, and then I see you. I, I see the homemade scones. I, I see the, the, the churro drops. I mean, and jail. I mean, wow, there's just something about when we, when we feel like we're not motivated, God always wants to inspire us. And that's what I see what Paul says right here. There is something he was able to, to capsulate, that he was able to focus on that kept him going. Yeah. Now, maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you don't know where you're at. But I want you to be able to see that Jesus has a great plan for your life. And it's inspiring. But let's be honest. When we go through difficult times, we can lose that inspiration. So what do we see here Paul saying? Why is it so important, the death and the resurrection of Jesus? Because in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, it says, God has called you to endure suffering because Christ suffered for you. He also left you and I an example so that you could follow in his footsteps. The death and resurrection of Jesus was so important. Not only does it allow us to have a relationship with God, but it has given us a model. It has given us an example on how to deal with challenges in our lives. And when you look at the focus of those three days, the, 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 the denial, the death, the resurrection of Jesus, it's pretty intense. You know, when you study the Gospels, everybody's so unique in their perspective of, of walking with Jesus. You had John, you had Mark, you had Matthew, you had Luke. They all had different perspectives. And it's pretty intense. I mean, you see they're walking on water. You see their perspective of Peter. You see their perspective of healing this people. But when they get to the part of the denial, when they get to the part of the death, when they get to the part of the resurrection, everything sort of slows down. Everything slows down because everything is a little more detailed. And that's pretty powerful because from those four authors, they get to the point they realize this is something special. What happened that Friday? What happened that Saturday? What happened that Sunday? And today I want to help us, inspire us. And how do we stay inspired by all the throughout all seasons? Is that when we capture the heart of Paul by embracing and understanding death and resurrection, but looking more carefully at what happened in the death, denial, death, and the resurrection, those three days. And when we look at those three days, it'll give us a model. It'll give us an idea. Let's look at Friday. Friday, Friday was the day of pain. We're going to look at Saturday was the day of confusion. And we're going to look at Sunday was the day of joy and hope. And why is this important? Because life we go through this. We go through this. We go through some sort of pain in our life. And what happened on that day, on Friday, was very painful. 
And the question is, how do I get through? How do I get through the Fridays of day of pains in my life? And how do I get to Sundays? How do I get to the victory? Do you want to you understand that? You ever been there, the day of pain, something unexpected happened to you and said, man, this is so painful that I don't even know if I could survive. You ever been there? Been there, done that. You know, and those days are very, are very important because they can be a turning point. They can either turn us the right way to God or turn us away from God. But the key is when we experience those pain, that the goal is for us to get to the Sundays. And that's what I want to talk about today. Friday, the day of pain. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 18, you don't need to go there, but I'll share it with you, that since Jesus went through suffering and temptation, he knows what it's like when we suffer and are tempted. And he is able to help us. Because Jesus went through the pain. You think about that. Jesus tempted. You think about that. Jesus suffered. You know that he was able to make a connection, but also help us through whatever pain we're going through in life. That Friday was a very painful day. And what we see that took place in Matthew 26, Jesus took his disciples with him to Gethsemane and said, stay with me while I pray. And then he took Peter, James, and John a little further. He was filled with anguish and deep distress. And he said to them, my heart is so overwhelmed and crushed with sorrow that I feel like I'm dying. He said, just sit here and watch with me. Then Jesus took a few more steps, fell to the ground, and prayed. We all know this scripture, and what we see that Jesus was in a lot of physical, emotional, and psychological pain. As you read on, later on, what happens? The guys desert him. He realized this is it. In the next 24 hours, things are going to change. And you see in his prayer that he was really in a lot of pain. And this day of pain, like the scripture said earlier, we may experience some sort of pain in our life. But the question is, how do I get through the pain? How do I get through the pain? What we see here, and Friday, this day of pain, how did Jesus get through the pain? He reached out. He reached out. Who did he reach out to? He reached out to his friends. He said, can, can you guys just be with me here a little bit? Just be with me here. I know you you fall asleep. But just be here with me. It was just good for them to be there with him. Wow, we see Jesus, the strongest man that ever walked this earth. But we also see the human side of Jesus. That he just needs a little support. He just needs his friends. He needs the brothers in his life. And what do we see? Is that he prayed. He not only reached out to his friends, but he also reached out to God. He prayed. You know, um, it's been a blessing to live in Asia, and I learned so much. I'm so humble. You know, a lot of people say, hey, I'm grateful for all that you've given, all that you've done. Let me tell you, I got so much more in return. I mean, you're talking about people who have so little. I know families. I know brothers and sisters. They grow up, and they only have one piece of clothing. I know I know these people that, that would just, uh, you, 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 
you know, I get overwhelmed, come back to America, and I go to buffets. And you know what I think when I said, man, that could feed one village. I said, wow, that pizza? Whoa. Man, that could feed ten families. That's how I think, you know. And I say that because it's convicting, because I just say that, wow, I'm just so, I'm so amazed. But one of the interesting parts was being in Cambodia. In Cambodia, where two million people were killed through genocide. And you talk to all the, the disciples there, the members of the church, they'll tell you their story of how they survived. They'll tell you how their father was killed right in front of them. They'll tell you how they were separated, how they were put in these camps. All the children were separated. They tell you they didn't have much to eat, so whenever they saw a little bug, they would grab it and hide it. Anything that moved. They'll tell you that the, the, the most scariest thing or the, the most drastic thing wasn't the killings, but it was people dying of hunger. And, and, and I say, how do you survive from that? And, and you know, one of my, my best friends is Sovan. And um, this is, he was about this age in, in Cambodia. He was about seven or eight years old. He was separated from his kids. And then later on, you know, he, he survived the camp. He was able to get reunited with his family. He's, um, he became a Christian. Yeah, he now serves as the minister out there in Cambodia. That's his family. And um, when I hear his story among others, I just, I'm, I'm just in tears. Honestly, that's one of the reasons why we stayed in Cambodia. We went there for one weekend. We went there for one weekend to teach a marriage class. And they asked us, can you stay? And they said, we have no money, but can you stay? And I said, whoa, this is really a leap of faith. I don't know how we're going to do it. But as my wife and my kids start talking to the families, and we were so amazed to see how God worked in life, they said, we want to stay and help build this church. And you know what? They're doing great things now. But I say this to you because when I asked Savon, how did you survive that time? You know what he said? It was the relationships. The relationships help them through the tough times. The relationships and just thinking out there, looking up in the sky and saying, you know, there, there, there must be a God out there. See, when you go through the Fridays, when you go through the pain, you got to reach out. You got to reach out to friends. You got to also pray. You got to pray. You know, when Jesus had his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, there's it's so awesome to see that prayer. And three things he prayed for when he was in pain is he affirmed God's power. I know you're my dad. I know you're my father. He also expresses desire. He's very honest. I really don't want this. If there's any other way, you know. And then he said, not my will, but your will be done. What did he express? He expressed trust. He expressed trust to God. He affirmed God's power. He expressed his desire. I really don't know, God. I, I don't know why I'm going to experience this pain. I don't know why I'm going through this difficulty in my marriage, in my family. I don't know why all of a sudden this is happening physically. And God, I'm not happy. You ever had one of those prayers? You ever had those, God, I'm kind of mad at you prayer? You know, I've had those prayers, but let me tell you, I snap out of it real quickly because I don't know if a meteor is going to hit me. 
or something's going to drop or the ground's going to open up. You know, but I have those prayers. But you know, it's interesting when you look at Psalms and you look at Lamentations, you see a lot of that. Of people being honest with God, but at the end of it, there was an offer of trust. I trust you in this God. See, that's how you survive the Fridays. So that's what happened to them. Uh, Jesus, he shows us this. And what's important for us is that we reach out. Basically, what we do is we reach out to get in the presence of Jesus. And what does that mean for us if we're here visiting or studying the Bible? Is that you really reach out. You know why? Because when, when there's pain, we like to isolate ourselves. I went away with my wife on spring break a couple weeks ago. And um, my kids ended up, they couldn't go. They couldn't go because of school. My son's working, amen. <laughs> Praise God. You know, and, and my youngest one is, has a lot of these classes that he's catching up. So it was just my wife and I. So we went to go see her mother, my mother-in-law. I don't, don't say her mother, my mother-in-law. Is this being recorded? My mother-in-law. <laughs> In Las Vegas. She lives there. And so we went to Las Vegas. Uh, our, a friend of ours, you know, said, hey, I heard you're going there. Just, hey, we've got some rooms. Why don't you just say, hey, sure. So it was really cool. But what happened was on the third day, I got sick. And I really don't get sick. And you know when I'm sick is because I can't eat. I'm not hungry. That's you know when I'm really sick. <laughs> and we got these free shows to go to Las Vegas. Number one, to get a free show. Number two, to find a good clean show in Las Vegas. So my wife said, I said, what do you pick, babe? So she said, let's go to uh, the Motown show. You go back in time and, and look at all the good Motown songs. Sure, babe, whatever you want to do. So we did, and it was great. But you know, I was really sick. And then I heard Smokey Robinson come out. And then I said, man, the track of my tears is really coming out right now. <laughs> and I really, and you got someone in front of me, they're, they're moving and jumping, the other one's moving around you. And I was like, I need to get out of here. I want to get out of here. And then we got a free dinner. We got a free dinner to a Brazilian, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And it looked really good. But you know, when I got there, I said, I can't make it, honey. I can't stand in line. I can't make it. I don't want to be here. And then I saw this family say, hey, would you like to have our meals? And I said, sure we would. And I just went home and I was sick for two days. You know, when you're sick, you want to be isolated. When you're in pain, you want to be isolated. But let me tell you this. Jesus could have easily isolated himself, but he gives us an example to reach out. To reach out and be in the presence of Jesus and pray. That's how you deal with the days of pain, Friday. Can we talk about Saturday? Saturday, what happened on Saturday? Man, what happened on Saturday? Well, Jesus was crucified. He was dead. All the boys that were with him for three years. What happened on Saturday? It was the day of confusion. And Jesus warned them about this. He said, then Jesus told them, before the nights, before night's over, you're going to fall to pieces because of what's happened to me. Jesus warned them that, hey, something's going to happen. You're going to fall apart. And in 26, verse 56, at that point, all the disciples abandoned Jesus and ran away. The disciples left. 
the, the, they, they said, what happened? Three years being with Jesus. The, the, the what ifs, they felt guilty. They feared. They were fearful. They were confused. They asked themselves, what do we do now? You know, when you go through the Fridays of pain, you know what happens next is the Saturday of confusion. And you know what that feels like? It feels like you're in limbo. You're in limbo. It's like my career, this business, or, or, or what happened? I jumped into this business. I thought it was going to be great, and it didn't go the way I wanted to. I, I got into the marriage. I became a Christian. My wife's a Christian. We, we had this marriage. We were married in the kingdom. And you know what? It didn't turn out the way I wanted to. I, church, it, it's supposed to be heaven on earth. But it, it didn't feel like heaven on earth last week. And, we, and, you, and you say, Man, I, 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 I come to church. This is my best friend. We have communion with one another. We say, bro, we, we hug and we cry. And we, we're like this with each other singing the songs and clapping and saying, till the end, and I don't see him anymore. Yeah. What happened? He doesn't even answer my calls. What happened? He doesn't even want to connect with me anymore. And I said, I don't understand. You know, sometimes we have the Friday of pain, but then sometimes we have the Saturday of confusion where we go through and feel the limbo. I felt like that. Went on a mission field. Honestly, one of the reasons why I wanted to go on the mission field is that my dad was there and I wanted to give him a chance to know God. That was it. I, I, we, were, we were living in Newport Beach at that time. We were brought up in the South Bay. It's like, nice like this, but further south. And then we were in Newport Beach. I remember driving down PCH with my wife and said, honey, don't you love it here? And she looked at me and said, I do. You know, be careful when you say things like that. Because, you know, God has another plan. The next thing we know, we got asked if we wanted to go to the Philippines. And I said, I'd love to go to the Philippines because I want to be able to help my father know God. And we arrived in the Philippines, man, the mosquitoes, I was like, fresh blood. They could tell I had SoCal blood. Mmm, in and out. They could tell. And man, for the we oh, we became the favorite among mosquitoes for the first month. When we got there, we went in my room. This is where you're staying at. You know what was there in the room? Nothing. Just the floor. I said, yeah, this is it. You know, our electricities, what do you call them? Blackouts here? So you call them blackouts? We call them brownouts in the Philippines. You know, they would come. You're lucky you have electricity right now. We have church service. And let me tell you, all of a sudden, the electricity. Here we go, guys. You got air conditioning in this place. Wow. Anyways. Um. What I'm saying is like, it was a great experience. And then my dad came to church. I said, Dad, you want to study the Bible? He said, yes. Preston Shepherd and I studied the Bible with him. He made Jesus Lord of his life. I'll never forget taking his good confession. I remember saying, man, this is a weapon. Take him in the waters of baptism. Wow. I kept him under the water for a long time. <laughs> I said, yeah, Dad, we're going to make sure it's all gone, Dad. 
Yeah, no, 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 no. Okay, come on up. And he said, I love you, son, for the first time. And I remember having quiet times together and talking about where we used to talk about business plans. We used to talk about political strategies. We used to talk about doing this and that to obtain more. But now we're praying and talking about where's the next church going to be planted in the Philippines? How can we save our relatives out there? And I remember having quiet times with him and just crying in my eyes, just crying, tears going down from my eyes, saying, I can't believe this. The next thing I know, he passes away. I said, God, why? You know, I don't... I don't... Um, I don't doubt... God's love for me. I don't. But I have to be honest that I did doubt the timing of God. I did doubt the timing. It was hard to see him go. He became my best friend. I miss him. And I think about him all the time. And not only that, when my dad passed away, my daughter almost died. The same day, he was buried. She got a sickness. Really didn't know she was going to make it. I said, God, I gave up everything in America. I come out here. Why? It was a day of confusion, a day of limbo. And, and I say this to you because, I don't know, maybe you're experiencing a Friday. Maybe you're experiencing a day of limbo. But let me tell you, what you need to do when you have the day of confusion is that you got to remember you got to remember the promises of God you got to remember the promises of God in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20 it says for all the promises of God find their yes in Jesus Christ when you can't put one foot in front of the other when plans seem confusion, when you are in the Saturday of life, you got to remember the promises of God. And Jesus says in, in, John, in John 16, he says, Very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. He says that your grief can turn to joy. And he gives an example. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But her baby is born. When her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born to the world. So with you. Now is your time of grief. But I will see you again and you will rejoice. And no one will take away your joy. It's a great scripture. And he says that when you go through the Saturdays, the day of confusion, when you go through the limbo, when you go through the grief, you got to understand that it can turn to joy. And he gives an analogy about a woman giving birth. Let me tell you, if you don't, if you don't have any kids or if you're not married and, and you, you will get married one day, never tell your future wife you know what it's like when they give birth. <laughs> Men. Men, never do that. I'm telling you right now, never tell your wife or your future wife, that I know what it's like to give birth. You don't want to do that. Amen, bros? You don't. Because you will never, I will never know 
But that's what Jesus says. He said, is that your, your, your day of grief is like giving birth. It's like, oh, oh, oh. I can't even come close to imitating. But Jesus says that that grief can turn to joy. And we've got to remember the promises of God. Did you know that there are over 7,000 promises of God to you and I? You know, when you don't know the promises of God, you know what it's called? It's called worry. Because it's all on you now. The stress is on you. You got to remember the promises of God. You got to hang on to the promises of God. And like in Isaiah 61, he says that God promised all who mourn in Zion, I will give beauty for ashes, joy instead of mourning, and praise instead of despair. He says, when you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord your God and Savior. When you go through the Fridays of pain, you got to reach out. When you go through the Saturday of confusion, you got to remember the promises of God. You know, in the MLK Day, uh, Martin Luther King Day, we found this family shelter that we went to go serve. It's a really nice, it's really a very, it's the nicest family shelter I've ever seen in the world. It was new. And you know what's so cool about it is that in this family shelter, they have a huge kitchen. And a restaurant that was supposed to open donated all their equipment to the shelter. And I grew up in the restaurant business. So when I went in, I said, whoa, look at this, master chef in the house. And I said, we can help serve these families. Let's do it. So we got our ministry out there. We're cooking hash browns and eggs. I mean, it was bringing me back in the days, serving the families. And to hear their stories was so amazing. Smart, smart parents, single parents who are having a tough time with their kids. We met this one lady. Her name is Mary. She studied has her degree in education, moved from Virginia, just had a tough time landing in America, in L.A. And she ended up in this family shelter with her beautiful kids. And we were talking and we said, you know what? I know God has a great plan for you. She came out to church. She loved the church. The kids loved the church. She started studying the Bible. She said, wow, I didn't know where my life was going to go. I was so distraught by the separation. I didn't know. We didn't know where we we're going to go with the family shelter. I didn't know what to provide for my kids. And she started falling in love with God. And she started having hope. And she started realizing that she needs to have God in her life. And it was so interesting. As she became more joyful, you could see the kids becoming more joyful. And you know what? She studied the Bible at... Um, uh, today, she's going to get baptized. Actually, she probably just got baptized right now. Her name is Mary. And this is her at our Easter service. We had a photo booth there. Uh, that's Mary and her kids. Uh, she's now your sister in the Lord. And I say that because she was able to go through the Friday of pain, and she was able to go through the confusion of Saturday. What you want to do is get to Sunday, the day of joy.
And what happened here? They came to see Jesus from the tomb, wasn't there. The ladies were fired up. They went back and they talked to the guys and they said, you know what? Jesus is not here. He's alive. He raised from the dead. You know, when you, the, the, the Sunday, the day of joy, you got to rely on the power of Jesus. You know, we look at any situation in our life, any discouragement, anything where there's no hope, it's important for us to rely not on our power, but the power of Jesus. Yeah. You know why? Because you and I, we need a Savior. Because we can't resurrect ourselves. We can't do it. As much as we can encourage each other and help each other, the fact is this, you and I need a Savior. And that's why we need to rely on the power of Jesus. And you know when these guys, when they saw Jesus, they became fearless. These 11 guys turned into thousands. 300 years later, in the cities they were persecuted in, Christianity became the most popular principle. How did they do that? Because they realized that they had an example in Jesus. You know, when you're in the day of joy, your joy is contagious. You know, I don't know where you're at today. I don't know where you're at today. Maybe you're in the Friday of pain. You're in that. You got to reach out. Reach out to friends. Reach out in prayer. Get in the presence of God. Maybe you're you're in limbo and you're confused. Maybe you're grieving. You know what you got to do? You got to remember the promises of God. Hey, I may let you down in the promise, but I, I tell you what. God will never break his promise with you and I. Amen. Amen. And then you got to get to the Sunday is the day of joy. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And whoever believes in me, even though they die, will live again. And I give them eternal life for believing in me. And they will never perish. The day of joy. You know, I, I miss my father, but you know what? I have a feeling I'll see him again one day. And I hold on to that. And I can't wait to see my dad again. When I see him, I'm going to give a big hug. You know, he's probably still bald-headed, but I'll still give him a big hug. <laughs> I look forward to that. Because whatever I go through now in life, physically, disappointments, discouragement, because of Jesus, I have hope. Jesus wants to save you wherever you are at today. Whether you're feeling the pain, whether you're feeling the day of confusion, he wants you to experience the day of joy. And I say this to you because how do we stay inspired in all seasons and of our lives? How do we get through the rough times, the tough times? We got to reach out and get in the presence of Jesus. We got to remember the promises of Jesus and we got to rely on the power of Jesus. You know, I really want to thank you for allowing me to be here today. And I hope that you could really embrace what Paul said in Philippians. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and suffering. Shoreline, I thank you so much. Gio, thank you. Karen, thank you. 
family here. I love you. Um, those visiting, stay connected with the people that brought yeah. you here today. Find out Jesus' incredible plan for your life. God bless you. Thank you. Amen. Well done. Well done. Well done. That was awesome.